0: Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned in to the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everybody, this is your host, Andre Cherry, and you are listening to the Cherry Picking Podcast, which is presented by the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. So PJ Fleck has got his boys rowing that boat. (laughs) Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to the show, and I want to start the show off by saying happy Indigenous Peoples Day to you all. I'm actually recording this on Monday, October 14th, 2019, and it is Indigenous Peoples Day, which is a holiday that celebrates and honors Native American peoples and commemorates their histories and their cultures, and it is celebrated across the United States on the second Monday in October, so happy Indigenous Peoples Day to you all, and let's dive right in here. So, week seven... Came and went, and we had a shakeup in the AP poll. Georgia lost to South Carolina, if you can believe that or not. So that shook up the AP poll for this week. Week 7 was an exciting weekend. I mean, that that was a really important matchup that Georgia wasn't able to somehow win that game. is a little surprising to me, especially after their dominant performance against Tennessee last week. So anyways we'll we'll dive into it and I just want to start this episode as I normally do with my recap of my Power 5 locks within the Power 5 conferences. So within the ACC I had UVA over Miami and I lost this matchup. I thought Virginia would be too much for Miami. Miami hasn't impressed me this season. They haven't looked that well. They haven't played that well and Miami gets the win 17 to 9 which was a real low scoring affair and Miami's defense was a strong point in that matchup against Virginia Manny Diaz's defense had five sacks in this game and they also caused one turnover they also cut down on the amount of penalties they had in this game against Virginia so that was definitely an improvement from the week prior and i think they had like 9 or 10 penalties uh, a week ago in that game but uh, Virginia came into Miami, and they left with a loss. And Miami is on a five-game homestand, so they played uh, two two games back-to-back. They had Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago, then Virginia, and they've got three more games at home. So Miami, great win for Manny Diaz and his boys. They get their first win in the ACC against Virginia, one of the top teams in the coastal division of the ACC. So that was a great win for Miami. Unfortunately, I get the loss uh, for my lock this week. Then in the Big Ten, I had Michigan over Illinois. The score is 42-25, to but don't let that score fool you. Michigan let Illinois get back in this game. And Illinois, as we've seen before, they've had opportunities to win games. And they weren't able to do it. Illinois only rushed for a total of 64 yards on 43 carries, which is 1.5 yards per attempt in this game against Michigan. Illinois only converted on three of its... Thirteen third third down attempts Michigan was four for 10 so they weren't that good either Michigan controlled this game though by running the football and they had 48 rushing attempts for 295 yards so if you're able to control the ground game and rack up those yards and, and if you're successful on the ground You can eat up that clock, which they did, and Michigan holds on to get the victory. Again, I said it was 42-25, to but don't let that score fool you. Illinois had a shot to win this game over Michigan, and they didn't do it, and I'm really worried about Michigan now because they're getting by, but they aren't a legit team. I'm telling you that. They are not legit, and this game against Illinois proved it. Then in the Big Twelve, I had Baylor over Texas Tech. Baylor is a team that I'm, I'm going to keep a close eye on the rest of the way. Former Temple head coach Matt Rule is the new coach at Baylor. He's been there for a few years now, and Baylor is undefeated in the Big Twelve. They're looking, they're looking good. Baylor uh, gets the win against Texas Tech by a score of thirty-three to thirty. This game actually went to double overtime, so this was a real hard-fought contest against Texas Tech, and both of these teams put up a combined. 1,035 yards of offense, so they were slinging that ball around in this game this past weekend in Week 7. It wasn't the cleanest game for Baylor. The Bears had three turnovers from quarterback Charlie Brewer. He threw for 352 yards, though. That You know, a lot of yards. Karma is a B. Karma is a big B. Perceptions for Brewer this season. So they're going to have to watch the game tape and see you know, how they can correct some of those issues moving forward. But three turnovers from Charlie Brewer, he hadn't thrown a turnover at all earlier in the season. So uh, Texas Tech's defense really stepped up big time in this matchup against Baylor. And the Baylor Bears were also penalized 10 times for 83 yards. You've heard me talk about it on the podcast before. Penalties are not a good thing. And if you have multiple penalty- penalties like that, there may be a bigger issue there. And so they, they're going to have to really take this back. Matt Rule and, and his coaching staff are gonna have to take this back, watch the film and see where they can correct some of those issues so they're not being penalized ten times for eighty three yards. So that was uh those were some of the notes from that game. I lived to see another day with Baylor, so um, you know, great victory for the Baylor Bears and a great win for me from my power five locks. And then in the Pac-12, I had Utah over Oregon State. Utah is a team that I had predicted to make it to the college football playoffs this season. They had a loss earlier in the season, but I'm still tracking Utah to see how they can finish the season off, and maybe they can make it into the playoffs at the end of the season. But I predicted them to beat Oregon State, and that's what they did, by a score of 52-7. to So Zach Moss, the running back for Utah, he had five carries for 121 yards and two touchdowns on only five carries. So he had a, a phenomenal day rushing the ball for Utah, and they lived to see another day. Then in the, the SEC, I had Georgia over South Carolina. This is where I got my second loss within my Power 5 locks for this week. Georgia would end up losing that game to South Carolina by a score of 20-17. to 17. Georgia was dominating South Carolina in total yards, total first downs, time of possession. However, Georgia had four turnovers, including three interceptions from quarterback Jake Fromm. And these were the first interceptions for Jake Fromm this season. So I know he had some Heisman hype uh, attached to his name coming into this game. And Georgia looked really great against Tennessee last weekend. In fact, Jake Fromm, he sang Rocky Top in the locker room press conference after the game about a week ago after Georgia beat Tennessee by a score of 43 to 14. So all I have to say is karma is for real. I mean, he was trying to be cute, he was trying to be pretty, trying to be funny in that post-game interview, and it it bit him this week. Karma is a B. Karma is a big B. And it, it's just funny how things can just turn in a week in conference play. I mean, the SEC is no joke. And, you know, you get a win against Tennessee, you're feeling good. And then South Carolina, you just implode. And that's what they did. Georgia was a, a team this season that I thought could make a serious run at the college Football playoffs this year. But this loss hurts, and it's going to be really competitive down the stretch here. There's going to be a lot of teams vying for an opportunity to go to the playoffs, and a win against South Carolina is not helping your resume. That's a that's a pretty bad loss for Georgia, and so you know we'll see if they can regroup and come back from this this embarrassing loss to South Carolina. But uh, that's a devastating loss for my Power Five locks for this week. As a result, I went three and two. Overall, I'm 28 and 7 on predicting these Power Five locks each week through the first seven weeks. If I look at it from how I did last season at this same time, I was 29 and 6 at this point last season. This season, I'm 28 and 7, so just a game difference there. So I'm, I'm trying to get better. I want to get five and 0 locks, and that's exactly what I tend to do this weekend for Week 8 action. So if we look at it, in the week eight locks for this week, I have in the ACC Miami over Georgia Tech. I just mentioned Miami got its first win in the ACC in week seven against Virginia at home, which is a great win for Manny Diaz. And Miami rolls on. I think they're going to get another win against Georgia Tech this weekend. And it's funny because Miami's head coach, Manny Diaz, was the Temple head coach last season for about 13 days or so. And he will be facing former Temple head coach Jeff Collins, who also was the coach last season for about two years. So this week, it's the battle of the former Temple head coaches. I think Manny Diaz will get the victory in this matchup against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is, is not uh, not looking good. That's a project. I mean, they've had to change their offense, or whole scheme around. But uh, I'm sure good things are on the horizon for Jeff Collins if you give him some time to put his team and put his system in place. And uh, we'll see what Georgia Tech can do next season. But in the ACC, Miami over Georgia Tech. In the Big Ten, I'm picking Minnesota over Rutgers. I played the soundbite in the beginning. Minnesota's looking really well. I mean, they are 6-0 and right now. They are bowl eligible. And Minnesota will most likely win these next two games before potentially losing four straight to end the season. So they're going to get a win over Rutgers. But if we look at the four games to end their season, they play Penn State at home. That's a loss. They're going to go on the road to Iowa, which will probably be a loss because Iowa is a a good team at home. Northwestern is not a gimme win for Minnesota. Uh, And I would think, if anything, Northwestern could potentially win that game, they could potentially upset Minnesota in that matchup. And then they end the season, Minnesota does, at home against Wisconsin. So they aren't going to win those four games to end the season. But hats off to P.J. Fleck, who is and 6-0, and his Gophers are bowl-eligible. And that's really what you want at the end of the day, to be bowl-eligible. But Minnesota certainly has a great opportunity here to possibly win the Big Ten West. But like I said, they are they got a tough schedule to end the season, so I, I don't think that will be likely. But great job for Minnesota that they're 6-0 right now and bowl eligible. Keep rowing that boat, PJ. So PJ Fleck has got his boys rowing that boat. <laughs> <laughs> then in the Big 12, I have Texas over Kansas. I think this will be a bounce-back win for Texas this week after the brutal losses last weekend. In the Pac-12, I'm taking Stanford over UCLA. This sh- should be no contest for Stanford, for those Stanford tree Stanford dominates UCLA in this game. I'm calling that. And then in the SEC, Auburn over Arkansas. So let me run that back one more time. In the ACC, Miami over Georgia Tech. In the Big Ten, Minnesota over Rutgers. In the Big 12, Texas over Kansas. In the Pac-12, Stanford over UCLA. And in the SEC, Auburn over Arkansas. So now real quick, if we recap the games from week seven, there were a few matchups that I really had my interest on. And uh, those games were Florida State versus Clemson. And I was interested in this game just because of the historical meaning of what this game meant in the past. Florida State and Clemson used to be two powerhouse teams within the Atlantic division of the ACC. And then just overall within the ACC, I mean, these were some of the two best teams consistently in the past. But Florida State looks like a shell of its former self and Florida State would end up getting embarrassed, I guess you could say, to Clemson by a score of 45-14. to Travis Etienne looked more like himself in this matchup. He had 127 yards on 17 carries, so Clemson survives to see another day. Clemson drops in the AP poll for this upcoming week, but I think all that really matters for them is just continuing to get wins. If Clemson continues to win, they're going to see themselves probably in the playoffs. They just need to win out. And I think they will earn a spot in the playoffs because even though Clemson uh, hasn't played the toughest schedule this season, as a result of the ACC being down, I just don't think you can discredit the national former national champions from being in the playoffs at the end of the season. If they are undefeated, Uh, I know the American conference is ranked higher than the ACC When you look at the strength of schedule and and how the teams are within the conference, the ACC ranks below American. But I just don't think at the end of the day that that's going to really weigh on the committee. I think Clemson, if they win out, they will most likely be in the playoffs. Then we had number 6 Oklahoma versus number 11 Texas. This is the Red River Showdown, Red River Rivalry, Red River Shootout, and this game... Ended up being a very close matchup. It was 34-27. Oklahoma gets the win. And now each of the last six regular season meetings have been decided by seven points or less, which is outstanding for a rivalry game. These games are always some of the most fun that you will see in a college football game all season long. It's just always competitive no matter who's up that season or who's down that season. Texas versus Oklahoma is always a fun matchup. UT won for just the third time in the last 10 years last season, so this was a rivalry game of sorts for Oklahoma to see if they can win in the Red River Showdown, and I thought coming into this matchup that this game against Texas would be the biggest test for Jalen Hurts and his Sooners thus far in the season, and I was right, because for much of this game, it was a defensive battle, really. Jalen Hurts, he did look good, though. He had 366 yards of total offense with four total touchdowns. So this young man is just balling out. And if you saw the clip, it was on YouTube. It was on Twitter. Jalen Hurts was about to get sacked and he was scrambling. And then he took the ball from his left hand or from his right hand and put it around his back and took it with his left hand and then was able to throw the reception to CeeDee Lamb, uh, who had a monster game as well. And so... You know, just the, the, the play there from Jalen Hurts. I mean, some people say that may have been a Heisman-type play that he uh, was able to complete. And if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. Try to find it. It was it was just really impressive to see this young man. He's just balling out. And Oklahoma is quarterback you, honestly, because Jalen Hurts is—he's looking good. And if he can just continue to keep his performance up and, and inspire his men like he has— I think Oklahoma will certainly be playing themselves into the college football playoffs as well. So they are a team you're going to have to keep an eye on. But getting back to this recap, Sooners receiver C.D. Lamb, he caught 10 balls for 171 yards with three touchdowns. So he had a great performance against Texas this past weekend. Oklahoma's defense had nine sacks and 15 tackle for losses on Sam Ellinger and you know the the backfield for Texas so defense was balling out from Oklahoma and they they were able to put it together and they were able to hold on to get the victory against Texas by a score of 34 to 27 this was an awesome game and again like i said someday i hope to get out there to watch it in person but every year you can count on Oklahoma versus Texas being a fun matchup and it was this season then we had number 10 Penn State versus number 17 Iowa Penn State got the victory 17 to 12 Iowa has now lost six straight against Penn State. So, yikes. Then we had Michigan State versus number eight, Wisconsin. Wisconsin ran all over Michigan State by a score of 38-0. to Two interceptions were thrown in this game for Michigan State, and the team only rushed the ball for 30 yards. And that's, that's really bad. You cannot, you cannot expect to win games in the Big Ten by rushing the football for only 30 yards. The week prior... When Michigan State lost to Ohio State in that blowout loss, they only rushed for 67 yards, and they had three turnovers. So something needs to be corrected on that on the offense. Uh, the running Running the ball has not looked great for Michigan State. Interceptions and turnovers, you know, you got to correct those issues if you're going to win games. And Michigan State was a dark horse to win the Big Ten East, and they have most likely eliminated themselves from that conversation or discussion. So yikes. Then we had Temple versus number twenty-three Memphis. Memphis came into Temple at the link this past weekend, and they left with a thirty-to-twenty-eight loss. Temple is now ranked number twenty-five in the coaches' poll for the first time this season after beating two teams who are ranked in the AP top twenty-five. These two teams, though, they had to combine six turnovers in this game, which is not good. But Temple's defense had three sacks on quarterback Brady White. Temple's wide receiver, Brendan Mack, had nine receptions for 125 yards with one touchdown. So he was a a monster performer in this game against Memphis this past weekend. And Temple is now five and one right now. But they will have a tough road test at number 19 SMU this weekend. Temple is 2-0 against ranked opponents on its schedule, so Temple steps up in big-time performances, big-time matchups, and this will be another game in which they're going to have to really bring their best effort on the road at SMU to beat a number 19-ranked SMU squad. And I believe this game will be on ESPN2 this weekend, so it'll be out there for you guys to watch and enjoy, and uh, hopefully you follow the Owls in this matchup against SMU. Then, of course... Florida versus LSU. Florida was ranked number seven. LSU ranked fifth in the AP poll for last week. This game was was competitive for, for much of the game. LSU was able to pull away, though, and they got the victory 42-28 to 28 over the Gators. Like I said, this game was really competitive. It went back and forth, and the Gators honestly look like a different team with Kyle Trask starting as its QB. And so I think that's a really great improvement Improvement from Felipe Franks, and I think they're going to have an interesting battle next season to see who the quarterback should be, but Kyle Trask looks really good for the Gators. However, he did throw an interception in this game, but both starting quarterbacks threw for three touchdowns. LSU's running back Clyde Edwards Hilaire was the big performer of the night. He rushed for 134 yards on 13 carries with two touchdowns, which is proved to be the difference in this game he he had a great performance and uh LSU rolls on I mean LSU is a team that I think will make it to the playoffs this season and they have impressed me thus far so I'm really excited to see what the Tigers can do the rest of the way LSU has now won seven out of the last 10 meetings with the Gators but UF won last year by a score of 27 to 19 so this certainly was a revenge game for the LSU Tigers so Great win for the Tigers. And those were the games that I was glued to in Week 7 action. I hope you guys caught those games as well. I mean, there was a lot to enjoy this past weekend. And I'm getting more and more excited because we are diving deeper and deeper into the college football season, deeper into conference play. And we're going to see some exciting matchups the rest of the way here. And so if we look at the games that I'll be watching for Week 8, here are a few of the most interesting matchups this weekend. So in the ACC, we have number 3 Clemson versus Louisville. I think this will be an upset alert for Clemson this week. Louisville, you know, they're 0-5 against Clemson in ACC play, but these two teams are first and second in the ACC Atlantic Division, which is a great start for head coach Scott Satterfield for Louisville, who is in his first year with the Cardinals. He was previously the coach at Appalachian State. So Louisville has surprised a lot of folks, and they play very well. They've stayed in games, uh, that Notre Dame matchup earlier in the season uh, was really competitive, so I I wouldn't say that this is a runaway win for Clemson. I, I think if anything, Clemson needs to be on upset alert against Louisville because this could be this could be a really great game. It has the makings for an upset, so I'm gonna be watching that game for sure. Then we have NC State versus Boston College. My heartstrings are with NC State plain and simple nc state needs to win this game to remain competitive within the atlantic division of the acc this season i think they'll get the win against boston college but they just have to go out and do it then we have duke versus virginia and it's crazy because in the coastal division of the acc there's currently a three-way tie for first place in the standings amongst three basketball schools duke virginia unc These schools are right at the top of the conference standings right now in the coastal. So I'm really excited to see who comes out of this game, Duke versus Virginia. It's going to be a fun one. Then we have Iowa State versus Texas Tech in the Big 12. I think this could be a really good matchup. Iowa State is currently tied with Texas for second in the current Big 12 standings. So Iowa State is still playing themselves into great position to, who knows, make it to the Big 12 championship game. So we'll see what they can do. Then we have number 18, Baylor versus Oklahoma State. This will be a big test for Baylor, who is currently tied in first place in the Big 12 standings with 3-0 conference record and a 6-0 record overall. So Baylor is balling out. They are they are doing really well this season. And I'm predicting Matt Rule is going to make that jump to the pros after this season. He's He's been a candidate that teams have sought to... Uh, try to interview in the NFL and teams want him in the NFL. I think if he continues his success this season, I just think he's going to be playing himself into a head coaching position in the NFL. And if you look in the state of Texas, there could be an open position with the Dallas Cowboys at the end of the season. Some people are thinking that Jason Garrett will lose his head coaching position with the Cowboys. And Matt Rule could be a fit for the Cowboys. I mean, he's in state. He's in Waco. And so, who knows, he could end up with the Cowboys. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Then in the Big Ten, we have number 16 Michigan versus number 10 Penn State. Penn State is playing very well this season. Uh, Penn State is limiting its opponents to only 8.2 points per game, which is best for second in the entire FBS, while also scoring the ninth most points in all of college football with 42 points per game. This matchup will be a whiteout at Penn State this weekend. I think I saw that my buddy Mike Schneid is going to be out there for that matchup. So I hope you enjoy that, Mike. And maybe next time we can coordinate and get get to a game together. Because I've never actually seen a game at Penn State. But that's got to be an awesome experience to go to Penn State at a whiteout game. So that's what's up. Michigan will be in some trouble. Illinois came back in that game against Michigan this past weekend. And they brought the score to within three points with 12 minutes in the fourth quarter. So a lot of folks in Michigan a lot of Michigan fans were a little nervous that Illinois would get the upset win over Michigan this past weekend and if Illinois had done that Michigan's hopes of making it to the conference championship game and making it to the playoffs would have been entirely dashed so that would have been a great win for Illinois had they gotten it Lovey Smith's seat probably would have cooled but I I think ultimately Lovey may be out of a uh, out of a job this year so we'll see how that kind of plays out the rest of the way then in the Pac-12 we have number 12 Oregon versus number 25 Washington Oregon is currently in first place in the north division of the Pac-12 standings Washington is tied for second with Stanford so this is a big game for both of these teams and we'll see who can come out ahead then in the Pac-12 South We have number 17 Arizona State versus number 13 Utah. There's a four-way tie for first place in the Pac-12 South right now with USC, Arizona State, Utah, and Arizona all at 2-1. So again, this is another important game for the South Division of the Pac-12, and we'll see who can come out ahead in that matchup. So those were the most intriguing matchups for this weekend. The SEC didn't really have any games that were too intriguing or jumped out to me. But I think these matchups that I just mentioned will be the most interesting matchups of the weekend. So I hope you guys watch some of these games. Hope you enjoy it. And I cannot wait to talk to you guys again soon to recap everything that happened in these games. So real quick, before we get to my playoff tracker, I do want to talk about the SEC standings through Week 7. If we look at the SEC East standings, Missouri is ahead of all teams within the East standings. They're 2-0 and in the conference, uh, five and one overall, so they are they're ahead of teams like Florida and Georgia, and Missouri's is looking really well. They're ranked number twenty two in the AP poll. They have a a postseason ban, however, but you know maybe it wasn't a bad idea for Kelly Bryant to jump ship and go to Missouri because he's got the Tigers playing really well this season. So that's just something to look out for. And then in the SEC West, you got a a tough matchup here at the top. Alabama, LSU, Auburn. These teams are all ranked within the AP. Auburn is uh, number 11, LSU's 2, Alabama's 1. So it's going to work itself out towards the end of the season, but uh really exciting to see the the standings as they lie right now. And Florida going back to the SEC East, Florida will play Georgia on November 2nd followed by Missouri on number, November 16th. So that will work itself out as well, but if you just take a look at the snapshot of how the standings look right now, it's a really interesting picture to have Missouri ahead of everybody in the SEC East. Now real quick, we'll look at the playoff tracker for this week. We have number 2 LSU. They moved up in the AP poll for this week. They previously were number 5. So they did themselves a great service by beating Florida 42 to 28 this past weekend. Florida was ranked number 7 in the AP poll through last week so that was a great win for the tigers this week lsu faces mississippi state in week eight then we have number three clemson they beat florida state 45 to 14 however they did drop down one spot in the ap poll to number three for this week and they face louisville in week eight and i said it before and i'll say it again don't count louisville out of that game that's going to be an upset alert type matchup for clemson this weekend then we had number five, Oklahoma. They beat number 11, Texas, 34 to 27 in the Red River Showdown. They face West Virginia in week eight, which could be a, a interesting matchup as well. Virginia is, West Virginia is down though, so I'm not expecting much from the Mountaineers. And Oklahoma, they moved up one spot in the poll for this week as well. So great job for Oklahoma. Then we have number 13, Utah, which I have highlighted in red because they had a loss earlier in the season. But they did beat Oregon State by a score of 52-7 to this past weekend. This week, they faced number 17, Arizona State. So that's going to be a really important matchup for the uh, Pac-12 South standings. And so we will see what will happen in this matchup. Because they did move up two spots in the AP poll. But I think if Utah loses... This week against Arizona State, they are out of the playoff discussion, and I will remove them from my tracker moving forward. But they have been moving up in the AP poll since that loss a few weeks ago to USC. So they're playing themselves around where they need to be uh, in terms of being considered for the playoffs. If if the top teams kind of beat themselves up, because that's what's going to happen in the SEC, and it could happen in the Big 12, Utah may be able to hop in there and steal a spot in the playoffs. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But right now I have them highlighted in red because I'm not convinced that they are going to make it into the playoffs if all things stay the same as they are right now with other teams that are playing really well, such as Ohio State and then the teams I mentioned previously. So college football, it's, it's heating up here, folks. It's, it's a lot of fun. Week 8 action. I cannot wait to watch all these games and then to break it down with you guys next week. Thank you guys for following me on Twitter. You can find me at Cherry underscore pickin. Thank you for downloading this show. And thank you for being a loyal Cherry pickin listener. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Hope you guys have a great week. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day to you all. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Karma is a B. Karma is a big (laughs) B. Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Pickin' Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickinsports.com. And if you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin'. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports@gmail.com. gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.